Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. If you're interested in how to lead your business or serve in your current role effectively while building your own brand, today's interview will give you some great insight. Welcome to the Life as Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guest today is a USA Olympic soccer player turned VP of one of the largest mortgage companies in America. He's mastered the art of a growth mindset, the art of winning, and the art of staying fit. He believes in integration and health over all things. He's an executive at Lone Depot, a proud father, a top-rated podcaster, and a fabulous soccer dad. In fact, he throws the suit down and coaches his daughter's league with joy several times a week. His new book, Conversations with Covey, highlights some of the the most incredible stories he's gotten to share on his podcast, The Brian Covey Show. As you may have guessed by now, here is Brian Covey. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Josh, thanks for having me, man. I've been looking forward to this. So I'd like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you better as a leader and give us some insight for our own lives. Are you ready for these? Let's do it. What is some lesson, saying, or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? Ooh, I, I typically share this with our team quite a bit, and I think it resonated through 2020 was be where your feet are, meaning be in the moment. Make sure that when you're with people or in a conversation or you're doing a particular task or activity, be where your feet are and not distracted by things outside that uh, could pull your attention away. Use three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is? Passionate committed, and caring. What's a question that leaders should be asking either themselves or others? Am I bringing my best every day? And where are there opportunities for myself and others around me to help improve each other and learn and grow? What's a book that you would recommend to leaders? Extreme Ownership, Jocko Willink, Leif Babin, Game Changer. If you could get every listener to start doing something this week to help them be a better leader, what would that thing be? Decrease the amount of time from when you know you need to make a decision or take action and when you actually do it. And finally, we have our arbitrary but insightful question, which is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Oh, that is a good one. So I would probably go with why not is where I err on. And I think living with regret can typically haunt us more than actually going and trying something and possibly failing or it not working out like you thought it might. We'll be back with the rest of our interview right after this. As the leader of your organization, you have a lot on your plate. You work most of your day, leaving you little time to think about your own development. There's a resource for you and it's called the Leadership Action List. Get the best leadership development tips for leaders by leaders at leadershipactionlist.com. The best news, it's free. Once again, for a year's worth of weekly leadership development, download the Leadership Action List at leadershipactionlist.com. 
Well, Brian, today I'm looking forward to getting into conversation with you. You have a new book, and I want to talk about that. But first of all, I'd love to hear from you about your uh, kind of twofold uh, work right here. You are working as a vice president right now, but you're also working to build your own brand. And there are probably a lot of leaders who are thinking about how to do both of those. Could you uh, maybe speak to leaders for a second about how to think about those two things, uh, how to marry them so they work together instead of against each other? Yeah, and I love that question and, and talk on it often is, I think several years ago, we started to recognize all of us that social media was going to have a bigger place in our lives. And whether you're trying to attract a new customer, you're trying to engage and build a deeper relationship with your current team members, just keep up with your friends from high school or to connect up with parents that your kids play sports with, people in your church, all of that. There was a shift that was happening where the old sales mentality was you got to make a lot of calls, right? You just got to make calls and calls and calls. And as a leader, you got to have more meetings and more meetings and more meetings. We've all been in that environment where you're conference called out. And I think it drains energy. I think it takes away from the dynamic kind of state of where people thrive. And as leaders, we need to recognize there's this balance and dichotomy of your leadership can be flexed online through social. And as you build your brand, as much as it can also in person. And I talk about this is the, the, the real X factor for those that want to see this in action is when you're doing things online and social, you're able to connect up. People can see you. They can get your inflection. If you're doing video, which I highly recommend, or if you're doing podcasts, people get to know you. And if they've never met you before, they're going to feel like they have a connection to you. And I have found with our team, look, over several hundred people on our team, I can connect up with them on a regular basis in a market like COVID or in a market not like COVID, and I can stay in touch with more of them. And what will start to happen is the congruence between what you do and say online and when people actually meet you, whether it's at your church, on the ball field, in a board meeting, you're doing a presentation, you're out having dinner. If you're the same person online as you are when they meet you in person, there is instant credibility and it allows you to scale yourself beyond what you could ever do with a single cell phone, with a single meeting, or think about the old way of traveling, getting on a plane and flying to see all these people. I believe those were limiters and we've kind of broken through that barrier where the best leaders today have an online social brand and they've earned a seat at the table. So they're part of the conversation. And then when you meet them and they engage with you, you already kind of know who they are. You feel like you know them. And it's like watching your favorite actor or actress on TV. If you've watched them and you've seen them enough, and then you meet them in person, you feel like you know them. and You may have never met them before. And so I think that's the leader's job today is how do they make themselves more personable, connect up with everybody on their team. And social's given us a way to do that and really do that amongst thousands or hundreds of thousands, even millions of people. I love what you're saying. One of the things that comes to mind that would be helpful to hear from you is you just shared at the very beginning about being where your feet are. And so what about that leader who feels like they're being pulled in, in an effort to be present elsewhere, they're being pulled from their day-to-day -day activities? Any insight for leaders who feel themselves in that situation? Yeah. And look, I, I still struggle with this one is, you know, being a dad, we've got three kids and then being a husband and I want to go work out with my friends and I want to go hang out and I want to go to all the kids sports and I want to take care of my team at work and I've got my family. There's things all over the place, right? That we're all pulled to do. I think what will help give you clarity is what are your priorities? And when you're in a decision, you need to recognize, and this is something that a mentor taught me, is every time you're saying yes to something, typically it's one thing, you're saying no to a lot of other things. And so get very comfortable with the fact that you're going to say no to things. 
And there's kind of this good, better, and best. And I always think about in a moment where I have a decision to make, is it more important for me to take this phone call with someone, be talking to my kids or at their kids' sports game, or to be working on something that could be done later, like a project that I feel like I need to get done, but what's there? We're all faced with these decisions throughout the day. And I will say over time, you start to build this muscle is the way I look at it, that you make better decisions. But until you're clear on what your priorities are, which for me, basically, if I go down the order, it's faith, family, into my fitness and my journey there, and then to finances. And then you got friends, right? Because I'm going to take care of my family first, but that's my order that I use. So is it something that aligns up with my faith? Is it important there? Am Am I bringing glory to God? Like that's important for me. Is it my family? And I can make decisions with that. And you start to move through that and you realize a lot of decisions can be made once we have clarity about what's important to us. And for most of us, we struggle because I believe we're saying no to someone. We, we, might, we, we have FOMO. We think we're going to miss out on something that's there. But in reality, to live a full life, I have found you're going to need to say no to things and you're going to need to say yes to things that really matter. And I use this kind of litmus test of, What's going to matter in a month, a year, five years? Well, for me, my faith and my family trump everything else. And so it helps me make decisions like that. And we all know there are times that you have to find a balance with those, right? And I may be like last night taking my son to soccer practice and I'm taking two business calls on the way to follow up with our team, to make sure things are going okay, answer questions for them. I'm with my son. I'm not going to miss the soccer practice. I'm going to be present with him on the ride back. But you do sometimes, let's, let's be real, you have to balance those out. But I, I've found, look, over time, the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. So how about your book, Conversations with Covey? How does that fit into that prioritization, something that you need to prioritize over other things, sharing these stories from your podcast and from your life? Oh, man, what a cool book. The, the, the book for me was such a growth opportunity. And throughout the kind of, you know, shutdown and COVID and lockdown, all the things that happened, what I recognized is pulling in the 10 and then myself, I was the 11th person that actually contributed into the book. They all had unique stories, but their stories, I had a piece of each of their story that I could relate to, that I understood that was there. It had messages of hope, inspiration, motivation, but we tried to give people the skills and actual tactical knowledge to go out and compete and win at life. And so that book was really birthed out of the podcast show which again, kind of ties back into the branding. I wanted to do something different that was not being done in my market. I didn't want to talk about mortgage and finance and real estate. I think there's some phenomenal podcasts. Some of my friends actually have those. That wasn't my lane. My lane was going to be more around personal development, my experience as an athlete. How do you build and scale teams? How do you recruit teams that are actually going to be a team that you're proud of, that align up with your mission, values, and your vision? And I wanted to bring on great guests and connect up with amazing people And I realized my network of people that I had met over my 20 years in the business had amazing stories and they had lessons they could teach. So we condensed it down and we tried to do something similar to like a TED talk where you would have a speaker and all 10 of them, one, it would be very difficult to get them all in the same room in the same place at any one time, right? Two, would you have the financial resources? Because some of them, they're they're pretty noteworthy people where it would be expensive to go travel, to spend time with them, to get their insights. And then three, I wanted to bring out the questions and the conversations that I felt like would highlight their greatness, but also allow people to connect with them and realize, yes, you may see them on social media and yes, they're having high levels of success, but they're normal people. They're moms and dads and people that are just like you and me. 
And so I think we could take kind of messages from them and realize that all of us have an opportunity to improve and learn and grow every day to reach our full potential and just to chase greatness, right? And, and be our best. I think one of the things that'd be valuable to hear from you is what you learned either from your experience on the U.S. Olympic soccer team or maybe even after your time on the team that has transferred to what you're doing today, especially connected to what you were talking about earlier, which is building effective teams. Oh, that's that's a good one. So I share this story quite often is I had made it through those that are familiar with how the the national team and the Olympic team pools and soccer you typically make it into a group of 40 or 50 at the end, and they're going to end up taking anywhere from 20 to 25, right? And they're going to go to the World Cup, or they go to CONCACAF, we go to all the Olympics, all these different things. And so my best lesson was, I wish I could tell you I had this amazing story that I made the final team. I actually got cut on the U-17 Olympic team before they were going to Japan. And I didn't make the final. And it was a point where, think about 15-year-old, right? So teenager, I don't have it all figured out at all. I probably thought I did. But I had a huge disappointment early in my life that I recognized I didn't make this final team. And so I had to go inward and realize like, what is it I need to work on? What is it I want to do? And I faced all the demons and the battles of wanting to quit, taking time off, worrying and second guessing myself. Am I good enough? Am I ever going to get a chance to do this again? And what I learned through that was I had to make some decisions. Nobody could make them for me. My coaches, my parents, those around me couldn't make the decisions for me. I had to do the extra work. I knew what needed to be done. I just needed to go and do it. And what was birthed out of that is later on with our U23 national team, I actually got called back up again into the training camp there and I had another opportunity. And so what I would share with people is in life, things may not work out in that moment and never let your disappointments be so great that they pull you down and force you to quit or stop what you believe in and what your passions are. And on the flip side of it, Never let your success get to your head so much that you think there's not another level for you to achieve. And so I took all of that and it has really shaped who I am as a leader, how I think, how I parent, just kind of person I am today and recognize we're all in a journey. And sometimes the best surprises are the ones we didn't expect. And if you work hard, keep your head down, you stay committed, you stay disciplined, things are going to work out in your favor more times than they're not. The next question I'm, I'm curious about is, you know, you care about a growth mindset, you care about winning, and you care about staying fit. We talked about the, the convergence of a personal brand and a professional job. How do these things fit into what you're doing at Lone Depot? Oh, that's a, that's a good one. So I'm a big believer, and you, you'll hear me share this a lot, you know, Josh, is that I think we need to take care of ourselves mentally and physically. If anything we've learned over the last year and a half or so is if you're not mentally strong and, and things are not okay there and you're physically not taking care of your health. What happened during that season was it kind of exacerbated if, if you were having struggles and, and, and your, your mental game wasn't strong, if you were having issues there and you weren't getting them taken care of and getting help if you needed it. And also the same is true with your physical side. And I believe it starts there because who I show up as a leader, vice president here at Lone Depot, leading our team, is every day, our team doesn't care that I had a bad night's sleep. Our team... Some of them might care that there's other things going on in my personal life, but I still need to show up as the best version of Brian and that leader in the moment. And I think that's something that we all should aspire to. And look, we, we all have to admit this, what's going on in our personal life bleeds over into our business life. What's happening in our business world and what's happening there bleeds over into personal. So the more integrated you can make that, the better you will be. And some things that I've learned to do is 
you know, during the day you might take a walk, right? And so I had a not great injury, but I tore my bicep tendon in my arm about four months ago. I had surgery and I realized it was almost like a forced stop. And what I realized is my work's going to be there. I still need to stay committed and go all in and give it all I have. But during that season, it, it helped me almost realign priorities because I believe to be the best leader you can be, you also need to be a great spouse, great dad, you know, or mom, all those things there, because that's who you're going to show up. If you're living a life of chaos at home or in your business life, it's going to bleed over in other areas and you're going to find very quickly either burnout or you're not going to be fulfilled. You won't be happy. And, and I don't think that's what God created us to live a life like that. So integrate those, get things on the right track, get into a good rhythm, and you'll start to see multiple areas. We've probably all been there, Josh, where it's like, man, I'm in this just good flow. Things are working, right? And I believe that that's something that we can help create with our energy and our focus and living out our priorities. When it comes to your team, when it comes to people who are your direct reports, how do you encourage that greatness for them as well? It's not something that you have direct control over, but how do you encourage it? One, I think you've got to live it. As a leader, it is really hard for you to say you believe in something, you think this should be done, and you don't live it yourself. And this kind of ties into the social media part, is it was a way for me, in a very strange way, people may not recognize this, and a lot of high achievers and performers that I try to model after or learn from, it's almost an accountability. Uh, These are the things I'm doing. I say I believe in these, but I'm doing them. So number one, it starts with you. Because to lead your team, you need to lead yourself first. Number two, I would get very clear on what your vision is and share with people before they join your team. I think it happens as you're recruiting them, as you're attracting people, is everybody on our team knows we are a very fast-paced, highly driven growth mindset, abundance mentality. We believe in excellence. And so we share that before you join because I tell everyone, we are not for everybody. Being on our team, you're going to be pushed outside your comfort zone. You're going to be challenged. You're going to be able to contribute, but you're going to find what you're made of. And I believe those that self-select in and that we attract and we decide to join the team, they're going to experience success like they've never had before, which then breeds kind of part three, success breeds success. And so if you're part of a team, 10 people, 20 people, 100 people, and you look around you and you see the attitude, you see people, we had a motto one year. It was one more, meaning make one more phone call, do one more thing that would help you be more successful, follow up and recognize one more person. And it was just this motto that started to grow. If you see people around you doing that on the team, it's really hard to stay on that team and feel good about your contribution and what you're doing unless you're living out what that standard is. And what we found is when we do a great job of kind of attracting and hiring the right people they're going to self-select in and they're going to thrive in that environment. When we miss it, not only will they recognize very quickly, but we're going to recognize it as well, is maybe they were a lot of talk and they didn't back it up. Maybe this environment was too competitive for them and it just wasn't something they want to go at a different pace. And that's okay. We are not for everybody. And once we got clear on that, it allowed us really to move forward and create this culture that I believe, you know, that we're still developing. We're still getting better. We're still challenging ourselves and that's what I love about it is it's it's a lot of us helping blend what we believe into actual practice out there. And then, you know, in the end, we create an environment that it's going to be a winning environment. 
So as someone with a growth mindset, what is something, and I'll leave this to any area of life, personal, professional, whatever, what is an area of life that you're looking forward to growing in more in the coming days? You know, I always go back to this when when I think about where I want to grow is a husband first and then a dad. I, I think those so correlate to your leadership because there's so many lessons as a husband first, and this is just my belief, is if if I can learn, and that's something I'm still learning, right? Like my wife and I, we would tell you like, we don't have a perfect marriage and all that stuff, like nobody out there, like all that stuff. But you learn so much through that relationship, I believe is very sacred and it's something you can learn from. So I would say there, and then as a dad, you know, in that relationship, it's very different too, because you're giving up of your time to go make sure your kids have better than you had it or making sure that they're challenged, but they're also happy and fulfilled. And so I would say those are the ones growth mindset there. It's a balance of, okay, where does Brian want to go? But I believe the best growth mindset will correlate over into leadership as well in your team. But if I'm looking out for the best interests of my spouse, of my wife and my kids and the people on our team that are around me in my care, it's really hard not to find opportunities. It's hard not to get up every day and be driven and realize that there are people that actually need me to show up today and be my best and to encourage them or look, give them kind of a little push to, to help them get out there and do that. So I would say that's the growth mindset that I've adopted. And I default to this every morning. I like to get up. I like to do the workouts in the morning. That works for me. Have a little bit of quiet time. That sets my growth mindset and my mindset for just the day, my gratitude for what's ahead. So before we finish up today's interview, what is something that you would like to leave with the listeners, whether something we haven't had a chance to talk about yet or something you just want to make sure that you reiterate before we finish? Yeah. So what I would share is I believe greatness is inside all of us. And many times we fall just a day or a decision or a month away from achieving greatness because we get down on ourselves. We don't believe it's for us. It's only for other people. And sometimes we are our own worst critic. And when we allow ourselves to fail forward, to be empowered by failure, to actually live life and know that there's going to be ups and downs, over time, it's what we call battle-tested, over time, you're going to develop the strength and the muscles and the skills to not only build your best life, which I believe God's called us all to use our unique talents, gifts, everything we've been given there to really bless others. Hmm. Over time, if you really start to implement this, you will start to inspire people around you. And I believe that's the greatest gift back is maybe you have a tribe of four or five people in your family. Maybe you're active in your church and you got a hundred people you're around. Maybe you work out with a group of 15 or 20 people. Maybe you work on a team of 10, right? Whatever it is, every day, everybody you encounter, they have a story. They're looking to be fulfilled, validated, made to feel like they're of some worth of importance. The only way you can give that gift to somebody else is if you believe that about yourself, that you were created, you're here for a reason, and every day is a gift and live it that way and pursue your absolute best. Not anybody else's dream or, or expectations put on you. Live out what your passion is. And I'll tell you, look, there, there's ups and downs through that journey. But on the other side of every tough decision, every commitment you see through is a new, better version of yourself that's just getting you closer and closer to what you were created to do. 
Well, Brian, I appreciate you sharing today. Where would you like for people to go to find out more about you and the work that you do if people have really enjoyed what they've heard from you in today's interview? Oh, thank you. This has been an honor. I, I love getting to share and, and hopefully this will impact people that are listening. And if this resonated with you, if you vibe with the message, we created a website just to house everything from the book to uh, the podcast, to speaking opportunities, and also just I share a lot of insights and things I'm going through in my own journey that will give you some hope, inspiration, and some motivation there. But we house that all at www.briancovey.com. And you can go there. You can see everything all in one spot. And I'd love, just, just drop me a DM or a note. Let me know this has made some impact in your life and, and how we can support your journeys. I believe we're all, we're all going through different seasons of life at different times, and, and we should support each other's journey. And it'll come full circle back to you. Brian, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Thanks, Josh. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to follow up, remember, as always, links are in the show notes below. Until next time, keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, it feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon. And until then, keep living and leading well. <laughs>